If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Now, this is the Change Physician, episode 255. Welcome back to The Change Physician. I'm Melissa Katie, the Challenge Doctor, with my co-host from the West Coast, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, talking today about a little something more macro, as in macronutrients, to be precise, um, which was brought up uh, by Kevin. I've never actually made a habit of macronutrients, but knowing that fats, carbohydrates, and proteins are very important components. Um, you know, it might be a, a good thing to focus on when uh, nutrition's a big part of the game when it comes to not just overall health, but um, being more lean and and etc. So, you wanna you wanna chime in, Kevin, on on uh, this whole macronutrient discussion? Yeah. So this is kind of as most of the stuff this podcast is all this is personally relevant kind of things. Yes. Lessons we've learned over time and uh, lessons that we're hoping to incorporate. And this macronutrient is one that is my newest uh, sort of intervention I've done for my personal health. And this comes from other episodes I've talked about. This is, you know, I grew up, I was one of those kind of chunky kids, and then I lost a bunch of weight through puberty and blah, blah, blah. And then exercise has been my thing over over time. And I've never been a dieter. Like I'm not, I, I, I don't like that. Um, I've tried, you know, that being said, I have tried all the fad stuff like keto versus this O versus Odo or whatever. (laughs) Oh, you know, and, and, and they were always frustrating because like, I don't have to count anything. You just do the diet and I would do them and nothing would happen. Like literally nothing. Um, and, uh, so I got really frustrated and I started focusing on the movement and muscle mass thing. And that is where I've had the biggest success, but I'm getting into the point now where my body composition has changed, but I do have some excess adipose tissue that I don't want. Mm. And I can't have, I can't exercise it away, which is also interesting. Cause if you, if you parse through all the fitness stuff and they show all these exercise programs, almost, I can't think of a single person who's involved in fitness that will say that most of what your looks come from is your nutrition. And I've heard that and I've heard that and heard that. And I used to, I don't eat a lot of processed foods. My diet is pretty decent, Um, but I finally made the decision. I'm like, I'm going to count macros. And for those that don't know what counting macros is, there's there's basically two ways that you kind of look at your daily caloric expense or your daily caloric input. There's counting your calories, Mm -hmm. which is what have you been eating every day? And then you have a certain number of calories, blah, 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 blah. Um, And I never really liked that because that's not super... uh, doesn't seem like a very good way to kind of approach just you know your caloric input as a single number like that mm-hmm. um but i got involved to macros because when you're trying to build muscle you want to improve your protein input and that's more challenging than you think <laughs> like when you're trying to do like two grams of protein per kilo um it kind of gets to be substantial and you're trying to do that from diet so I started looking at, well, okay, well, let's look at counting macros and how does that look? And then look at regards to trying to look at what your body weight is. So um, 
you look at what your total da daily energy expenditure, and there's a number of different calculators out there, and you can kind of put in the weight that you were looking at plus the weight that you are. It's going to tell you what your what your um, uh, whatever your basic medical metabolic rate is, what your daily caloric requirement is, and then you add on what your activity level is. Like if you're, you know, 150 minutes every day, obviously you're going to expend more calories, etc. Um, I chose four to five days, I think which is about what I'm doing. I try to walk every day. And if I'm not walking, I'm exercising with kettlebells, usually three days a week. And I get my number and then it breaks it down. Okay, well, this is, what are you, what kind of program then you're looking at? And I do 40, 40, 20. So 40% of my calories I want from protein, 40% of my calories I want from carbs, which is interesting because I did the whole keto thing. And then 20% or less is from fats. And so now I have these num these target numbers that I look at and, um, I am now literally charting what I eat. And I never thought I would be doing this, but I have a little book. I write out the day. I have my totals at the top. And then as I eat, I then subtract from it. And a couple of insights from it is, is um, number one, it is sort of a pain. <laughs> this, mm -hmm. is, this is somewhat of a pain. However, what it does is it makes you more mindful of what you're eating. I with in the first week, what I realized is I have a lot of mindless snacking going on. Mm -hmm. Not so mindless that I don't know I'm doing it, but mindless in the fact that I'm like, oh, this doesn't matter that much. Oh, a handful of cashews, they've got good fats. It's, a handful of cashews is 160 calories. It's like this big. I mean, and most of it's fat. And that like blew me away. Like, <laughs> like you can read it, but then when you see it and, and when you're trying to do something, then it becomes, it, the, the, it, that knowledge becomes a completely different entity because now it impacts my macros. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is that um, this is, it's basically counting calories. It's just, you're focusing on those macronutrients rather than the, 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 the total calories, which mm -hmm. changes the way you eat. Yep. So um I'm finding, you know, trying to get a lot of protein becomes challenging. I'm actually then finding that getting um, some of the carbs is actually a little bit challenging too. increase those. Mm -hmm. The fats is super easy. And that's the one is the more you cut down the fats, the easier it is to get these, these other nutrients here. Um, so it, it is an interesting haul so far. Again, this is only when the first, you know, my first week of doing it, you had a hundred day challenge though, with, with a daily pull-up and in one of our previous episodes, this is my hundred day challenge is to count my macros for the next 100 days, which will be super challenging. Cause I'm going to be going, going on a vacation a couple of mm -hmm. times, yeah. um, some big extended vacations. And I'm at, at least I'll be charting my macros at then, but I don't know if I'll be as religious about it, but it is, it's just really fascinating to me. And the biggest takeaways is. I put this off for a long time, but one, it incorporates many of the habits that we have in the daily physician, at least things that we say, mm -hmm. being mindful of what you do, tracking, measuring specific results. And then two, this, some people may say this is not really simplification, but when I have these numbers to look at, it makes it very easy for me to focus on what I'm eating every day. Mm -hmm. So that simplifies the process of eating. For, so now it's just me trying to find like combinations of food that kind of fits these things. And I can already anticipate that my diet's going to become much, much more simpler because it'll become easier to focus on. And it'll, um, I already eat a lot of beans and quinoa and uh, my newest favorite is the sorghum and 
you know, finding different places of, of uh, protein and things, but this is not rocket science in any way, shape, or no. form. This is what like everybody says you're supposed to do. And I'm 50 years old and I've probably spent, oh, I don't know, the last 10 at least years ignoring this and just assuming, oh, if you could just if you just do keto or if you just do this oh, or if you just do whatever oh, then you don't need to count calories. And maybe for some people that works, but it didn't work for me. So yeah. I'm going to have to do what the evidence actually says, which is basically count your macros, which is what the bodybuilders do and the super nutrition people do. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, so I hadn't mentioned this before, before we went on the air. I was, I think I was in medical school when this came out um, or just around the time I went to medical school. But you remember the zone diet? We, um, I'm trying to, you know, so there's, there's the so link. many of them. Yeah. Um, so look at the link I just sent you, but I pulled up um, on that particular link. So how the zone diet works. So I'm not like, you know, I don't get paid to like promote this or anything. It's just, it's an example of a really early on kind of marketing this kind of macro kind of approach. And they even show on a picture on this link, 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fats. And it says the zone diet requires that you simply balance your plate at every meal and snack with these nutrients. One third of your plate, add some lean protein, about the size and thickness of your palm. Egg whites, fish, poultry, lean beef, or low-fat dairy. Carbohydrates, two-thirds of your plate. Add a colorful, uh, a lot of colorful vegetables and a little fruit. Fruits and vegetables to avoid are those that are high in sugar, like bananas and raisins, or starchy, like potatoes and corn. And then they say add a little bit of monosaturated fat. This could include olive oil, avocado, or almonds. And this is like literally in a little snapshot, <laughs> an image and without going, and there is some science here that they reference and whatnot, and they show you this pyramid of like how many servings or grams per meal and how many servings per day or whatever. Um, but it talks about the protein to glycemic load balance and how it improves your hormonal control. And well, um, and, that, and that there may or may not be, there, I'm sure there's some truth to that, but, but that also becomes the marketing of making the magic right. mechanism of right. it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the, the, but if you look at the outcomes from like a lot of people that have done fitness or um, whether it's just for aesthetics on stage <laughs> or just their overall health, maybe they're diabetic and they're trying to improve their blood sugar. I mean, there are definitely tons of people that get results, but they have to, you know, be consistent with these boring habits that we spoke of in our prior episode. Yeah. And I, and I think the other kind of insight with, so is most of what the diet stuff is, is, um, well, it's just kind of interesting to me because even with like all the ketogenic diets and the, what's the other one, the caveman one, paleo and all this other we stuff. All improve glycemic control. <laughs> well, in, in, and it's in a lot of this, the macro nutrients become really important, but most the caloric loss on all of them is related to decreased caloric input. And there have been multiple independent reviews on this now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they think, you know, once you change it, and then like, particularly with like the keto ones is like, it gets so boring that people don't stop eating as much because there's less foods that they can do. Um, but that caloric input becomes super, super key. And I'm not going to say in your macro, if you're eating, you know, 1600 calories a day and it's only ice cream, that obviously is going to be different than 1600 calories a day of broccoli, yeah. which would be a lot of broccoli, but, um, the 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 big takeaway though for me is is the fact that if you kind of the other thing about looking at your macros is if you know like my keys the things I'm focusing on is protein and carbohydrate 
and preferably complex carbohydrates. And what almost happens naturally is as I increase those, mm -hmm. the fats go down, mm -hmm. hopefully. I mean, as, as long as I'm focusing on those two yeah. to get the right sources and the right combinations, then your fats go down. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I mean, if someone's probably going, no, Dr. Carl, that's pretty obvious. And I can't believe you're talking about it. And yes, it's obvious, but it didn't hit me until it just smacked me in the face. Like literally this last week when, <laughs> when it's like, okay, what I I'm, I'm sitting here and I've done nothing and I'm building a bunch of muscle. How am I going to actually now start losing the, the fat, the adipose tissue? Oh, what does everybody else do? What do the bodybuilders do? What do people in fitness actually do? Well, they count their macros. Mm -hmm. No fancy necessary diets on there, no branded anything. Look at what your composition and what you want to do and start doing it. And it's like, <laughs> and I thought this for so long. And it's like, oh my God. I, I mean, literally, I'm like, all these little insights and oh, I'm overeating here. Oh, I'm doing this here. Oh, if I eat this and I combine it with this, this actually sets me up for better in the later in the day because it's kind of hard fitting this all in in your day, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's um I don't know. It's it it's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's gonna happen in the hundred days. So I will report back in, in December on what the effects of this macronutrient diet has been, or at least just focusing on macro, not diet, macronutrient nutrition, just focusing yeah. on what I'm inputting, um, what that will be for me. Well, let's never underestimate the, um, coming from my personal training background, um, that all the work you put into this point to build your machinery or your furnace of your muscle, as I call it, lead versus styrofoam, um, is that, that powerhouse or furnace is, you know, from a basal metabolic rate is extremely helpful to synergistically <laughs> assist you with shedding the styrofoam or, or the fat <laughs> um, with your macro approach. Um, that's how I, that's how I, I, I see it. That's the view I see from what you've done up to this point. Um, well, and I, I, and I would, I, this also returns those principles of simplicity here. Some people, it may be easier to focus on diet. For me, it was easier to focus on exercise and specifically on building muscle because right. I knew if I built muscle, then my actual expenditures would change. And mm -hmm. I still wasn't tracking what I was eating, but I didn't, you know, and, and I didn't eat a lot of processed foods. And yeah. with that, my weight was relatively stable, but I will say my clothes fit differently. So I did change the body composition mm -hmm. yeah. and did that for a long enough point in time where, um, I felt really good doing. I could have done that forever, but at this point, I want to take the next step. So I'm not trying to do a hundred things at once. I guess is is what I'm trying to say. And you're layering, um, you're layering. and and if you only do one of those, mm -hmm. you're going to get benefit with it. Yeah. Um. Personal, you know, again, personal experience for me is I like the movement and I like the muscle mass approach because uh, that makes a lot of sense. And it was, and for me, it personally felt better. It was a much easier approach towards kind of long term health and being someone that focused specifically on um, kind of being more mindful of what you're eating. Uh, yeah. That, that is a, I, I just, I don't think if I'd started with that, well, but who knows? It's how hindsight bias, right? Sure. But you know, let's not underestimate also the simplicity aspect. Like some people try to do 10 things all at once, knowing that all 10 things are important, but they never successfully do any of them. They give up because it's just overwhelming. So same process for any change. You know, you personally picked one thing and you started implementing enough hours and time and neural 
input output that you were literally wiring yourself to be successful at that one thing. And now you're just layering in the next thing and you're going to, it'll become second nature for you probably down the line, or you'll implement portions of it or episodically and it'll become more natural for you. So I yeah. think and that's that, that, being aware of what portion sizes are. Yeah. So like chicken, knowing what three ounces of chicken is, and then actually visually seeing three ounces of chicken. Yeah. It becomes, oh, okay, well, that's what three ounces. And I th- I do believe as time goes on and when I'm not in a controlled environment like my house, that'll be very useful because I really should be able to see something and say, estimate, well, that's about what that serving size is yeah. and kind of eyeball it a little bit better. But yeah, that hand that, thing, or, you know, the palm <laughs> versus hand versus yeah. something else or, or yeah. whatever. And um, I think I'll probably end up using those types of tools, but I like being able to, to actually it's just the weird thing about, you know, hearing something and then really experiencing something provides two different levels of knowledge on that. And it's the experience of actually chopping it, putting on the food, you know, we have a food scale and, and looking at that has been a, it's just an interesting process to me. And one I never thought I would ever do, like, I was like, I'm I'm never going to be one of those people that just watches their diet. That seems really horrible to me, but, um, well, gardeners do it for their, like, great gardens. You know. Well, yeah, and it's the same thing if you track your ex- if you're if you're tracking your your ex your um exercise routines. Like, I've been tracking exercise routines again for years and years and years. Like, when I was running a lot, the mileage I would run, the speeds I was running, da 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 da. da. I've been, you know, I track all my weights, um, in the progression from there. This is the same thing. It's just applying it in a different way. So yeah. I don't know why I struggled so much with this, but, um. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I think it's good. Like you can get really like detailed and understand it and have a depth of understanding that you normally wouldn't have. And then over time, it, you don't necessarily have to, it's, it's kind of like drinking water can be calculated, but you kind of know, well, based on also you have thirst, but you know, you kind of know what you need. You're not necessarily every ounce, you're not measuring every ounce. Um, but you know, it's, it's important to be hydrated. Um, I guess that one's a little harder. I mean, you can be hungry for stuff and you really don't need that thing. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you get really, when you calculate it down, you get a true understanding of like the amounts and, and what your body's needing. You see the results that come from it. Like it's better, it's easier to kind of have a gestalt about it and, and estimate things better later on because you've, you've kind of put that, um, that knowledge into practice. And so you have, I think you're, you're wiser on your choices later, if that makes sense. No, I would, I would agree. I think is putting a lot of, of mindfulness, intentional mindfulness makes you, you know, unintentionally mindful later on. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have that habit and practice associated with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I don't have anything to add on that. Cause I can't say I have a lot of practice with it. I just know that it's important and, um, I have not applied it in the way that you have. So we'll have to see how December looks. I know this will be a shorter episode, but um, any last comments um, before you take us out? Sure. I would just, you know, there's a bunch of the easy thing. The one of the nice things about this is, is because fitness and nutrition is such a huge market. There's a billion, billion resources out there. Most of them are free. Um, you just have to, I would say is be careful because a lot of people use these for lead generation. So they'll do this thing and blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, Oh, if you want your results, give me your email. You don't have to do that. I think there's, um, there's enough I think either the NIH or the CDC. There's like 
uh, the TDEE calculator, um, which it was kind of allows you to estimate all this stuff. There's all this stuff. It's free online. And then you can, once you find your basal kind of rate, then you can adjust for your activity. Um, it, it just, you know, then you're breaking down your macros and you're, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just really, really interesting to do. And even if you don't do anything other than just kind of track what you're eating, let's say you just, you don't do anything other than track. And for every meal, then for 10 days, you're writing down what you're eating every day. You're going to have more insight in what your actual diet is, you know, because anybody's, I, I, I diet and I never lose weight you're probably not tracking or being truthful about it. And so being really, you know, tracking is being consistent and truthful is if you need to use a food scale, like literally use a food scale. You can buy them off Amazon for 20 bucks um, so that you actually know what three ounces of X is mm -hmm. uh, versus not. And I said, I was taking the, I took the cashews out of the bag. It said 14 pieces. I stuck them in the little thing, weighed them on the food scale. And I went, Oh yeah, that's about 14 pieces, but that's what 14 pieces looks like. And it was, I eat a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. it's not just I eat a lot of those in a day. Hmm, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so. and it's not just about the calories; it's about the nutritional value too. So, and what? Yeah, the, yeah, and even think something is good. Oh, nuts are good. They got the good fats. Well, good fats. A lot of good fats is still a lot of calories, and at some point, you got to um, excess calories get stored somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We'll take us out. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Change Physician Podcast. If you haven't, check out the previous episode where Melissa de detailed her um, 100-day challenge where she's going to be doing pull-ups when she walks in or out of when she passes her pull-up bar. Uh, mine is going to be basically to track my macros for the next 100 days. So we will have an update at in December of this year, mid-December of this year. Um, invite you all to do your own 100-day challenge for a very simple health modality. You can maybe try to go to sleep at the same time every day, maybe get up at the same time every day, maybe lift something heavy every day, maybe do 10 push-ups every day. Um, maybe you want to increase one or two, you know, five fruits and vegetables every day for the next 100 days. Let us know what those will be. You can email me directly at drkevin at thechangephysician.com. And until next time, stay well. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.